0: I love having tiny sound waves that I won't be able to edit and post. It's fun. Okay. Alrighty. Hello. We're back. It's a new year, it's 2019 to be exact. It has been 10 years since Bad Romance by Lady Gaga came out. It has been 10 years since Lady Gaga delivered the best MTV experience when she performed on stage at the music awards and she started to bleed, and then the whole crowd. Gasped. That was a highlight of my nine year, eight year old life. You done? Yeah.
1: Fanboy? Alrighty. <laughs> so. Whoa, my spikes are so yeah, but big. my spikes are
0: so small and I don't know why.
1: Okay, I'm so sorry. I will try not to blow your eardrums. Um. So, hi. I'm Aria. I'm Alex. And we are as long <laughs> as it's spooky.
0: You suck. Here's, let's I, just say it. With my brain, me. brain literally left. It was like we took a week off. I don't remember what the name of this show is.
1: I'm gonna go cry now.
0: Thanks. Um well, I came up with the name and I designed the logo. hmm So I, I I I know I know what we are pretty well. He's lying. Anyway, we're here. Again, coming from you, not live. <laughs> Thanks, <Post-Alex. laughs> Post Alex, for editing all that. Post Alex is like in the future, like shaking his fist, like, I don't have audition anymore. Because, <laughs> um, my, my, I didn't have a free trial. Uh, when I went to SCAD for the summer, I like, I used the student account that I had from SCAD Oh my didn't know where to get audition But because the year is over, I can't renew it because I'm not. Technically a SCAD student at the moment, so I might, I might ask one of my friends if I could use their SCAD email account to get permission. Mm. <laughs> it's fine. It didn't even pick up on the fact that I said that. Oh, okay. So, oh, I hear your mother.
1: Do you, yeah. Oh, I apologize for noise in the background. Um, my brother decided today he wanted to have his friends over. Thank you. And they squeal like little girls. I do, too. No, but they sound even girlier than you.
0: (laughs) I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult. Both. So,
1: I'm a happy camper.
0: How's the first three days of your new year going? Well, (laughs) you want to talk about some haunted locations in our very own state of... Colorado?
1: Yep, now you can find us. The Centennial
0: State? We're in
1: Colorado. Now, if you want, you can try to find out where in Colorado. But honestly, I don't think anyone's that interested in our boring lives. No,
0: anyone who's listening to this and wants to know my address has my address. Pretty much. (laughs) Alrighty, so who's starting this Well, I started and finished last episode, so if you want, you can go ahead and start, but also I do have another story I might want to share, depending on how long my first story takes.
1: Depending on how long this takes, I might be able to share, like, one story about this one place, just because I know it really well, (laughs) and I freaking knew it was haunted when I first walked in. So um anyway
0: you go ahead you, you start
1: okay so we're talking about haunted places in the good old state of colorado i almost said country
0: colorado's a state yeah uh, colorado isn't like texas where texas i'm gonna like be yelling so that the microphone can pick me up right but like it isn't like Texas, where Texas try to fucking succeed, and then people are like, you're not American unless you're from Texas. Like, you tried to become your own country.
1: Anyway, I'm going to be talking about probably one of the most infamous places in all of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there was, a little, like, thing based off of it. I don't know if you know it. It's called, um... The Shining. It's by this this dude named Stephen King. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Who? Oh, um, I I don't know either. I his name is like Stefan Queen. Stephon Queen. Yep. Sounds
0: like a YouTuber. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna be talking about the Stanley Hotel. I almost called it the Shiny Hotel. Um, <laughs> the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park. Um. Now I've been. To this hotel I, I haven't stayed there but I've been to the actual yeah, hotel
0: I've been there several times and I was actually thinking for maybe my 18th of doing the ghost tour or something of it Ooh. I don't know yet I haven't figured it out Ooh. I might also do an escape room I really want to do an escape room me too.
1: We should... everyone in my family has done one except for me and I've I'm never the person... done one ever I told my whole family about them because I was like oh have you heard of these things they're called escape rooms and they're like no and then I told them about them and then they're like oh guess what my friend took me to an escape room and I'm like mm. and he's like guess what we just went to an escape room this weekend and I'm like, mm. like I introduced it to you you can't do that to me like now like, that like even my brother Hamilton in eighth grade <laughs> my brother has gone to an escape room before me
0: okay well i might do an escape room for my 18th and you're definitely going to be invited so <laughs> i probably will suck because i suck <laughs> under pressure I, i'm really good at puzzles and i always figure out the endings to like detective stories and mystery thrill- thrillers and stuff like that like i spoil things for myself But yeah, I don't know how I'm going to do under pressure. Anyway, I'll continue my
1: story. So the Stanley Hotel, um, when I went, I was, oh my gosh, I was really little because we were taking a trip up in Estes, and I had some family in town, and I really had to pee. (laughs) I was like, I think I was literally five. I really had to pee. And so the Stanley was the only place that was around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you went, the first time you went to the Stanley was just so you can piss. Yeah.
1: And like I literally, I went in and I hated how it felt. I was like, it's weird in here. I was a five-year-old. I didn't know anything about it being haunted. And then I went to the bathroom and there was like these two old ladies, they were washing their hands and they were like, did you hear the piano last night? And she's like, oh, I didn't hear the piano. But did you hear the children? They were laughing yeah, outside of my room. Children. And I was like, Mom, I want to leave.
0: <laughs> when i already gone to the bathroom. <laughs> the first time I went to the Stanley, it was like two years living inside of Colorado. And like we drove up there for the weekend. We drove up to Estes and we drove to Stanley because my mom's a huge Stephen King fan. King. Stephen, Stephen King. King. Stephen <laughs> <laughs> My mom's a huge um, Stephen King fan. So we went to this Stanley Hotel. And, like, when my both of my mom and my brother went to use the bathroom. And they both heard someone whispering to them when they were in the bathroom. Separately, by the way. So.
1: Yeah. So let me tell you a bit about the um, history of the Stanley Hotel. <laughs> so the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park is... Um, not only famous for its old world charm and excellent service, it is also known for its active paranormal I mean phenomena, and spirit folklore, the 100 plus year old hotel, it's older than 100, (laughs) um, located about five miles from the entrance to the Rocky Mountain National Park, which is where I was going, um, (laughs) offers panoramic views of es- of Lake Estes and the Rocky Mountains, and especially of Long's Peak. This old hotel was built in the early 1900s by F.O. Stanley, who created the Stanley Steam Engine, a steam-powered horse- horseless carriage. Hello,
0: 1-800-STANLEY-STEAMER My mic was being a little shit, so I'm just going to lean over right
1: now and then. Oh, okay. Are you not using
0: your mic? <laughs> no we're we're one mic again folks i don't know something's up with my audio driver and i need to fix it and before i yeah okay he
1: didn't even tell me he was doing this
0: no i didn't okay so
1: anyways he created the steam engine um the stanley steam engine um the majestic georgian yeah georgian style hotel opened in 1909 Catering to the rich and famous, not me. Mm-hmm. Um, his real like so. The F.O. stands for Freeland Oscar. So Freeland Oscar Stanley and his wife Flora traveled to traveled west to Colorado in 1903 because F.O. Stanley's doctor advised him to seek the fresh mountain air. Stanley, who suffered from tuberculosis, had been advised not to make plans beyond six months doctor arranged for the couple to stay in a friend's cabin in Estes for the summer. Immediately they fell in love with the area and F.O.'s health began to dramatically improve. After spending the summer in the cabin, Flora wanted a home like the one that she had left in Maine and the couple built their new home about half one half mile west of where the Stanley Hotel would later be built. Today the house is a private residence so don't go there. It's private property. I'm looking at you. Um, no, I, I <laughs> Etho Stanley built the hotel on land, um, on land that he purchased from the Irish Earl, Lord Dunraven, 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Lord Dunraven. <laughs> lord dunraven came to the area in 1872 while on a hunting trip he built a hunting lodge cabin and hotel for his guests and illegally homesteaded up to six thousand acres in unsuccessful attempts to create a private hunting preserve dunraven was finally run out of the area after trying to swindle folks out of their land and money which is a jerk move. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is. So in 1906, construction started on the Stanley Hotel. Wood and rock were obtained from nearby mountains, and the hotel was built in the Georgianian architectural style, which experienced a revival in the early 20th century. In 1909, the luxury hotel was complete with no expense spared. Equipped with burning water, electricity, and telephones, The only amenity the hotel lacked was heat, as the hotel was designed as a summer resort. The Stanley Hotel has hosted many famous guests, including the unsinkable Molly Brown, John Philip Sousa, Theodore Roosevelt, the Emperor and Empress of Japan, um, and a variety of Hollywood personalities. And, of course, the Stanley Hotel hosted Stephen King, whose experience inspired his book, The Shining. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. That's Goosebumps. (laughs) In addition to its regular guests, the hotel is also said to play a host to a number of other worldly visitors. Most notable is F.O. Stanley himself, who is often seen in the lobby and the billiard room, which was his favorite room when he was still alive. On one such occasion, he was said to have appeared during a tour group's visit to the billiard room, materializing behind a member of the tour. Bartenders at the old hotel also report having seen F.O. stroll sh- through the bar disappearing when they try to cut him off at the kitchen. <sighs> <laughs> um, sorry, they have like a piano, a uh, picture of a piano from the ballroom and yeah, it's Yeah, the a ballroom's creepy. really pretty. It's really pretty, but like, I just, I mm, I don't like that it's so empty. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's a ballroom. It's not meant to no, be like cool. No, like, no, like, the walls and stuff, like, there's oh. not even any like, really, like, there's not decor or anything. It's just I don't know. I, I, I'm not one to judge. Um, not to be left out, Flora Stanley also haunts the hotel, continuing to entertain guests with her piano playing in the ballroom. Employees and guests have reported hearing music coming from the room, and when they take a peek in there, they can see piano keys moving. However, as soon as someone walks across the threshold to investigate further, the music stops and no more movement can be seen upon the keys of the piano there are several rooms in the hotel that seem to be particularly haunted one is room 407 which is said to sometimes be occupied by lord dunraven who owned the land prior to fo stanley reportedly he likes to stand in the corner of the room near the bathroom door on one such account witnesses reported that a light in that corner kept turning on and off while the light was off they told the ghost that they knew he was there they would only be staying two nights and Would he please turn the light back on? The light turned back on. However, later, when the lights were turned off, they were trying to sleep. And they were trying to sleep. Noises were constantly heard from nearby elevators during a time when the elevator was not in use. (laughs) At other times, a ghostly face has been reported to be looking out the window of room 407 when the room is not booked. Um, Room 418 gets the most reports of haunting of haunting activity, apparently from children's spirits. Cleaning crews have reported report having heard many strange noises from the room, as well as seeing impressions on the bed when the room has been empty. When guests stay in the room, they often report that they hear children playing in the hallway at night. One couple reportedly checked out of the hotel very early in the morning, complaining that the children in the hallway kept them up all night. However, there were no children booked in the
0: hotel at the time. I don't know why it's only the goosebumps song that's popping into my head right now. I don't know why
1: either. Um, There have also been many reports by guests of haunting activities in room 217 and 401. Tour guides tell the story of a ghost of a small child who's been seen by many of the staff in various areas of the old hotel. Reportedly, Stephen King also saw the child who was calling out to his nanny on the second floor. Other past employees report footsteps and apparitions seen throughout the building. Listed on the National Register of Historic Places today, the Stanley Hotel is open year-round and offers various accommodations, including historic rooms, modern apartment-style residences for extended s- for extended stays, and expansive um, condominiums. So, this hotel, condominiums? I mean condominiums. <laughs> um so they do actually have a ghost tour Mm -hmm. at the stanley so you can go and like see the ghost tour but i think like i've heard so many stories like i've heard that there's a ghost of like a cowboy that will sit and like watch over you while you sleep and like look over the bed at you and just stare like apparently he's nice though oh is he they say that he's a nice cowboy um Yeehaw. <laughs> and they also say that there is an old-fashioned woman. I don't remember her name, but she has a name. And she apparently is very old-fashioned, and couples who stay in her room report having her, like, like feeling a cold presence between them or a force. <laughs> because she's like, you ain't married, you ain't checking up. I love it because Shane Dawson was actually going to stay in that room. And he was like... I'm in a
0: relationship with another man. If she's old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I would go in there. She would look at me and she'd be like. Mm.
1: <laughs> okay, anyway, that's um
0: about the Stanley. I know it was kind of short,
1: but there's honestly so many
0: stories. The Stanley is easily. It's one of those places where you can always find information because like it's so popular especially and i'm not gonna lie the ghost stories of the stanley aren't as hardcore as you would expect them to be and i think part of it is because of stephen king Mm -hmm. like just telling everyone like he based it off of the stanley hotel and all of that fame like infamy from the book comes into real life Mm -hmm. but it's like you know it's actually not even that big of a place like if it wasn't for the extra apartments that they built it would be a pretty small...
1: Yeah, I just... I still, ever since I was little, I I get a weird vibe in there. And that was before I even knew that um, The Shining was even written about the place. I didn't know that it was supposed to be haunted. I <laughs> talked to my mom about it after, actually. I was like, it feels weird in there. And she was like, oh, it's haunted.
0: And I was like, yeah, we're never going in there ever again. You might. <laughs> I know. Okay. So i did the haunted brown palace hotel in denver colorado i almost stayed there but then i got really really deathly oh, wait. ill wait no not not that one that's the oh. one, that was my second choice sorry oh. i'm gonna cut that out
1: i stayed at that hotel though oh. i well, almost i was gonna stay at that hotel for my one of my birthdays but i got deathly ill
0: and i couldn't leave my house oh fun
1: so i don't know if that's a good or a bad
0: thing. all right so i'm covering chessman park which is also in denver um so cheese man cheese yeah I, I, kept, <laughs> I keep wanting to say chessman park but that's incorrect cheese man park um this information is from legends of America.com, by the way i'm too lazy to write my own essay about it i'm sorry
1: Uh, my stuff i should say where it's from
0: my stuff is just from legendsofamerica.com so we use the same resource (laughs) i usually i do tend to write up like actual proper little essays but i didn't want to do it it's winter break it's
1: always hard for me i jump around from articles like all the time
0: well, because. that's why I would write an essay because I would add, and I don't have enough time to write an essay. Okay, well, I'm sorry. You're an overachiever. I am. So, <laughs> let me get to my story. While taking a stroll upon the rolling hills, or having a picnic under the shade of many of one of the many trees in the beautiful eighty-acre jasmine park many visitors don't realize that they very well may be walking or sitting right upon the grave of one of the many who were buried here in the 19th century and i've been to this park by the way it's beautiful open space it has a lovely little walking trail my mom and i would go walking on and there tends to be doggies and i didn't know that it was a fucking graveyard until today because i did this research very last minute so
1: (laughs) my gosh that makes me so uncomfortable i'm very like graveyards are a thing i don't mess with like even when i was little i had to cut through a graveyard to get to the swimming pool I would never, like, step on any of the graves or step near them out of, like, respect. So that just freaks me out. I, yeah. I I hate
0: that. Well, imagine living in a place, like, when I visited Massachusetts, Parker was driving me to his house at, like, we were, we were just driving around town. I think we went to a farmer's market, but he pulled over, and, like, there was just a hidden little graveyard from like the 17th century just like near his house and he's like yeah there's just graves all over massachusetts it'd be like that my grandparents live across from a graveyard i live well,
1: they used well to. Like, they live, like cemetery right across nice. and there used to be like really old graves too yeah there's like oh they live next to the section that well magic baby. going to
0: th- is it sunset middle school that's right next to a graveyard mm mm-hmm. I used to walk by that every day. Yeah. There's um. There's a guy named James. He has a moose on his tomb. I respected that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, surrounded by ca- um by Capitol Hill's mansions in the heart of downtown Denver, Colorado, Chesman Park is not only frequented by visitors wanting to explore its botanical gardens or enjoy its 150 mile panoramic view from the pavilion, but it's also said to be the number of many restless spirits. Hmm. The park's history began in 1858 when General William LeMere jumped the claim of the St. Charles Town Company and established his own town, which he called Denver. What kind of a place is that? I don't know. I've never heard of Denver. Mm -hmm. In in actuality, the property didn't belong to the town company either. Rather, the land legally belonged to the Arapaho Indians in november 18 november in november 1858 lemire set aside 320 acres for a cemetery which is now the site of present-day chesman and congress parks lemire called it mount prospect cemetery and several large plots were designated on the crest of the hill for the exclusive use of the city's wealthy and most influential citizens i hate that i hate it so much (laughs) the outermost edge of the cemetery was reserved for criminals and paupers while the middle class were to be interred somewhere in between <gasps> listen once we're dead can we all like does the burying
1: like do we have to be have be like yes this this part of soil yes
0: very very for rich people only <laughs> i don't know man i used like, to be why like
1: why can't we i just want to res- be
0: turned into a tree when i die
1: why can't we just
0: respect I, I mean, our dead? I'm gonna allow this No matter to be who they were. Legal documentation. If I die, give my organs away and turn me into a tree.
1: Like do one of those things where they have ashes and then you like plant it in a tree and yeah, the tree
0: grows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah i don't know what i think it will be happy i mean it's it continues on with the s- circle of life and yeah. nature's cycle and i think it's only right that i would be given back to the what earth tree oh that's very difficult i'll get back to you on that okay i love you
1: text me at midnight
0: <laughs> freaking willow tree i love willow trees though that's a- i, I, love, I love trees i'm a plant sled um so the first man buried in the cemetery was Abraham K. Me, who, sorry, <laughs> who died after being suddenly stricken with a lung infection. He was buried on March twentieth, eighteen fifty nine. Howard, the most often story told of the first person buried was a man hanged for murder, Me. making a far for a far more interesting tale, and it's become the preferred version.
1: Well, yeah, I'm sure, because that's more exciting than saying, oh yeah, he had a lung infection and just kind of died, died versus. I
0: heard the first man to die in this park was hung for murder. <laughs> oh. The second man buried at the cemetery was a Hungarian, Hungarian, Hungarian immigrant named John I'm Hungarian <laughs> Named John Stolfel, having arrived in Denver to leisurely settle a dispute with his brother-in-law, he ended up shooting the man on April 7th, 1859. Both men were gold prospect Prospectors and witnesses believe that Stoffel was really there because he wanted his brother-in-law's gold dust. Because the nearest official court was in Leavenworth, Kansas, which is a fucking drive, <laughs> <laughs> a people's quote-unquote people's court wasn't en- assembled, yeah. where Stoffel was convicted of murder murder. On April 9th, 1859, he was hanged from a cottonwood tree at the intersection of 10th and Cherry Creek Streets. Though Denver consisted of only 150 buildings at the time, about 1,000 spectators attended the hanging. Afterwards, his body, along with his brothers, were dumped into the same grave at the edge of the cemetery. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh at that. It's just that Cherry Creek is now one of the rich neighborhoods in denver my mom lives near cherry creek but not close enough that she's considered rich but like it has a lovely mall and the houses there tend to be the more historic ones and it's like imagine living on 10th and cherry creek and you're just you walk outside your door and like what if the tree is still there and you're like ah yes a man was hanged from there one day a long time ago Okay, I have a couple things about that story.
1: First, that must be really freaking awkward for those brothers. I mean, they're in, one of them, they're in the same <laughs> grave for the rest of eternity. And One of them tried to murder the other, so, like, that's uncomfortable. Oof. Um. Secondly, it's bad, but, like, the thing that shocked me the most was thinking of denver only having 150 (laughs) i was like what
0: how that was the most shocking part of that story (laughs) as the outermost edge of the cemetery began to fill with outlaws vagrants and paupers denver citizens began to call the cemetery the old boneyard and boot hill i like old boneyard better Yeah, me too. It sounds cooler. Mount Prospect gained yet another nickname when popular professional gambler named Jack O'Neill was gunned down outside of a saloon in March 1860. Can I just add that he sounds like the type of guy who would be in a saloon. Like, let me continue. (laughs) The whole event began when O'Neill, a handsome Irish man, quarreled with (laughs) with a less than credible man who went by the name of Rooker. As the argument progressed, O'Neill suggested that two settle the argument with bowie knives in a back room. What? <laughs> however, when Ruker refused, O'Neill questioned his heritage as well as that of several of his family members. A couple of days later, Ruker shot O'Neill down as he passed by the door of the Western Saloon. When the Rocky Mountain News printed the story, of the cemetery began, became known as Jack O'Neill's Ranch. I legit forget sometimes that Denver and like Colorado was the Wild West. (laughs) We were the Wild West. Like, this is like. We were fucking cowboys and shit. Yeah, like, I don't know why, because to me, like, Colorado doesn't strike me as a Wild West state, but it was. It was like one of the prime gold rush (laughs) states. after receiving these many nicknames the cemetery never gained the respect that Lamere intended for it to have the influential citizens of Denver society were most often buried elsewhere leaving the graveyard to the burials of the poor criminal and diseased when Lamere eventually left Denver Mount Prospect was claimed by a cabinet maker named John Wally who also just happened to be an aspiring undertaker a report in eight. sorry (laughs) what? yeah you know you don't aspire to be an undertaker (laughs) <laughs> not really I used to want to be a mortician I think I said this before yeah yeah but now like the sight of blood grosses me out so oh yeah you wouldn't do well I I'm too squeamish so a report in 1866 stated that 626 persons were buried in the cemetery Wally did an extremely bad job of keeping up the cemetery, which soon fell into this terrible state of disrepair, as headstones were toppled, graves were vandalized, and sometimes even cattle were allowed to graze upon the land. Some ledges even tell of homesteaders who began to live upon it. In 1872, the U.S. government determined that the property upon which the cemetery sat was federal land, having been deeded to the government in 1860 by a treaty with the With the Arapaho Indians. The government then offered the land to the city of Denver, who purchased it for $200. (laughs) Give me them dead bodies. (laughs) Can you imagine buying a bunch, like $200? That's as much as I have in my bank account right now. (laughs) Yeah, but it's also a plot full of dead people. I know, but it's still wild. A year later, the cemetery's name was changed to the Denver City Cemetery. Over time, separate areas at the cemetery were designated for various religious, organizational, and ethnic groups such as Odd Fellows, Society of Masons, Roman Catholics, like Jewish, the Grand Army of the Republic, and a faraway segregated section for the Chinese near the pauper's graves. That's so Um, mean. So, I love casual racism. While some of the- <laughs> while some of these sex- sections were well kept up by family descend set, <laughs> while some of these sections were well kept up by family descendants or their organizations, others were terribly neglected.
1: See, it's weird to like hear this because my stepdad's whole job like he works at a cemetery. He's a groundskeeper at Matt a works cemetery. At
0: a really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting yeah um do
1: some know. do the cemeteries sure. here in colorado burials sometimes not a lot though but yeah, yeah like he's always there
0: oh fun exciting.
1: i whenever i drive by i'm like
0: if hey, i ever need to if i collect some graveyard dirt well, i just see matt yep <laughs> maybe <laughs> i, don't, be want, like, I don't want graveyard dirt that's bad in 1875 20 acres at the north part of the cemetery resort thought your lip was bleeding and it was just the red stone on your lip. <laughs> um actually it's a purple boulder opal it looks right in this lighting the 20 acres at the north part of the cemetery were sold to the Hebrew burial society who then maintained it while much of the rest of the graveyard grew tall with weeds in a In 1881, a hospital, quote-unquote, hospital. A hospital. hospital For those suffering from smallpox, was established just south of the Jewish Cemetery. The hospital more more often referred to as a pest house. Slow down. You're okay. (laughs) I can't get my words out. (laughs) I'm having a hard time today. I can hear. The hospital. More often referred to as a pest house was where smallpox victims were quarantined along with having contagious disease, with others having contagious diseases, and some that were merely sick, elderly, or handicapped. Most quote-unquote patients were simply left at the pest house to die. Behind the building was the Pottersfield section of the graveyard where a vast majority of the dead were buried in mass graves. By the late 1800s, the cemetery was seldom used and had fallen into even worse disrepair, becoming a terrible eyesore and would have become one of the most prestigious parts of the burgeoning city. Real estate developers soon began to lobby for a park rather than an unused cemetery. Before long, Colorado Senator Teller, persuaded the U.S. Congress to allow the old graveyard to be converted to a park on January 25th 1890 Congress authorized the city to vacate Mount Prospect and recognition Teller immediately renamed the area Congress Park With I have so many feelings but I'm just not gonna say it <laughs> families were given 90 days to remove the remains of departed to other locations 90 days? it's not enough time those who could afford to begin to transfer the bodies to other cemeteries I'd. could afford to began to transfer the bodies to the other cemeteries throughout the city Through, due to the large number of graves in the roman catholic section mayor bates sold the 40 acre area to Ar- to the archdiocese which was named the mount Cavalry cemetery the chinese section of the graveyard was placed in the hands of a large population of chinese people who lived in the quote-unquote, hop alley section of Denver. The more, the majority of these bodies were then removed and shipped to their homeland of China. However, most of, the, most of those buried in the cemetery were vagrants, criminals, and paupers. When the majority of the boders, bodies remained unclaimed, the city of Denver awarded a contract to undertaker E.P. McGovern to remove the remains in 1893. McGovern was able to provide a fresh, quote-unquote, fresh box for each body and transfer it to the Riverside Cemetery at a cost of dollars each. The gruesome work like $1.90 each. The gruesome work began on March 14, 1893, before an audience of curiosity-seekers and reporters. For the first few days, the transfer was orderly. However, the unscrupulous McGovern soon found a way to make an even larger profit on the contract. What? Rather than utilizing full-size coffins for adults, he used child sized caskets that were just one foot by three and a half feet long. Hacking the bodies up, McGovern sometimes used as many as three caskets for just one body. In their haste, body parts and bones were literally strewn everywhere. And in the disorganized mess, souvenir hunters began to loot the open graves and coffins. When the (laughs) devil, your face is so stunned right now. I know we're disgusting humans are disgusting people i mean uh, we're we're not the only animals who go through graves though
1: i know but like we don't do it for survival purposes that's true fun
0: yeah you're right when the denver republican got a hold of the story its headline proclaimed proclaimed on march 19th 1893 the work of goals. The articles described, in detail, McGovern's practice of hacking up over sometimes intact remains of the dead and stuffing them into undersized boxes. The article, in part, described the scene thusly. This is quoted directly from the article. The line of desecrated graves at the southern boundary of the cemetery sickened and horrified everybody by the appearance they presented. Around their edges were piled broken coffins, rent and tattered shrouds, and fragments of clothing that had been torn from the dead bodies. All were trampled into the ground by footsteps of grave diggers like rejected junk. End quote.
1: Oh, I hate it when people disrespect the dead. I feel like it's like... We go through enough crap as it is in our lives. Like, why, when we're dead, do you have to mess with you?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. The health commissioner immediately immediately the health commissioner immediately began an investigation into the matter, and as a result, Mayor Rogers terminated the contract. Afterwards, the city built a temporary wooden fence around the cemetery, leaving it in shambles of open holes still displayed. Though numerous graves had not been yet reached, other and other set exposed, a new contract for moving the bodies was never awarded. In eighteen ninety-four, grading and leveling began in preparation for the park, though several of the open graves wouldn't be filled until nineteen oh two, when shrubs were planted in many of them. <laughs> the park was finally completed in nineteen oh seven without ever having moved the rest of the bodies. Two years later, in 1909, Gladys Chesman Evans and her mother, Mrs. Walter S. Chesman, donated a marble pavilion in memory of the Denver pioneer, Walter Chesman. The donation was conditional that part of the park be designated as Chesman Park, and so it was. The pavilion continues to stand today. In 1923, the bodies from the Hebrew burial ground were removed to other sites, and the cemetery returned to the city, where the site currently serves as the site for the of the reservoir in Congress Park the section once used as the Chinese cemetery was used as the city tree and shrub nursery until 1930 when a WPA project converted it into an addition for congress park in 1950, the the Catholic Church moved the remains of those interred in the Mount Calvary Cemetery and sold the land back to the city, which is now the location of Denver's Botanical Gardens. The vast majority of present-day Chesman Park was mostly Protestant. Was the mostly Pro- <coughs> fucking alliteration? The vast majority of present-day Chesman Park was the mostly was mostly the protestant portion of the old cemetery a residential community separates chesmond from congress park today an estimated 2,000 bodies remained buried in chesmond park it comes as no surprise that the spirits of these forgotten looted and sometimes desecrated bodies continue to make their presence known not only at the park but in the neighborhoods that surround it almost immediately when the bodies began to be removed from the cemetery in 1893 strange things began to happen one of the reports was when a gravedigger named james astor attempted to steal um i believe it was copper from her grave Uh, he felt a ghost like land upon his shoulders astor who had been looting the graves as he moved the bodies immediately ran from the graveyard and failed to return to work for like the next day and so on and so forth i hate that those living in residence surrounding the graveyard began to report sad and confused looking spirits knocking at the doors and windows, as well as the sounds of moans coming from the still yet open graves. Today, these restless spirits are still said to occupy at the park as dozens of tales continue to be told of paranormal activities taking place. Most visitors tell of feelings of unexplainable sadness or dread in the place that is today meant for pleasure and relaxation. But other reports are more specific, often including the sounds of hundreds of whispering voices and moans that continue to come up from the fields where the open graves once laid. Children have been seen playing in the park during the night before they mysteriously disappear, and a woman is said to be singing to herself before she too suddenly vanishes. On some moonlit nights, the outlines of the old graves can still allegedly be seen. Others have also claimed that after lying on the grass, they found it difficult to get up, as if unseen forces are restraining them. Yet more reports tell of strange shadows and mystic figures that seem to wander through the park in confusion. Um, For anyone who lives in Colorado and wants to visit the park, it is located on franklin and a street and it's open to dawn till 11 p.m and let me tell you the story of Slapjaw, and this is a an eyewitness account so it's by lee cook by the way i lee <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> i live and work only blocks from the infamous Chesman park in denver colorado and i've heard stories of its haunted nature but never thought much of it until lately. One night, my Ruben and- One night, my friend Ruben and I decided to take a walk through the park. We walked across the South to the Pavilion where there were several skateboarders making jumps on the sides of the old fountain and other people walking about. Sick. Sick, nasty. We talked about work and other mundane things as we strolled away from the old pavilion to the rose gardens where there's a natural maze of r- huge rose bushes. Just then, I heard a rattling chain behind us and said, Ruben, can you hear that? As he looked around, he replied that he hadn't heard anything. There, I heard it again, I exclaimed as he heard the chain jiggling. Still, he didn't... Does Ruben talk? I don't think there's any quotes by Ruben. Still, he didn't (laughs) hear it, and we could see no one. Continuing our stroll, we moved toward the middle of the big field where it was more open and sat down in the cold grass to smoke a cigarette. Moments later, we were surprised when we saw a kid riding in a bicycle with a chain dangling from his pocket. Turning circles around a a thin, pale man, dressed in what appeared to be a shredded hospital gown covered with blood, the pair moved towards us. To say the least, we were petrified. As they grew closer, I could see that the pale man's jaw was broken. He then approached us and asked for a smoke. As I handed him a cigarette, he said. Did you see them? Dumbfounded, I simply replied. Who, who can I, can I be him, yeah.
1: The ones who did this to me,
0: they stabbed me fifteen times, the man said. He then lifted his sleeves to show us what looked like very deep stab wounds in his arms, back and chest. Horrified, I said, shouldn't you be in the hospital? Shaking his head, he answered. They let me go because I didn't have any money. He then warned us to watch out for them. Them. And stated several times, I'm gonna get them. When I reassured him that if we saw them, we would let him know, the pair casually moved away from us into the darkness. When we could see them no longer, Ruben and I quickly ran toward my apartment as fast as we could, never looking back. Afterwards, we talked about what we saw for a long time, both confident that we had seen and talked to the walking dead
1: that is a copyrighted
0: um thing to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever go out to Chessman park at night know that you just might be questioned by a ghost in a hospital gown who continues to look for his killers i have dubbed the ghost Slackjaw, and that was submitted by lee cook november 2005 um lee worked at king supers which uh, is very close to Chessman park and he lived in an apartment across from the street From the park at the time. So.
1: See, like, really creepy thing, like, something that's really creepy is I remember going on field trips to places near Chesman Park. and Yeah, the Botanical Gardens
0: used to be a cemetery itself, so. Mm -hmm.
1: And, like, usually since, like, the locations were
0: near Chesman
1: Park, like, that's where we would go, like, have a little picnic for lunch all the time. And, like, now that I know that, that is so freaking creepy
0: and you work with kids so you probably might visit trussman park at one point too oh
1: i probably will sometime during the summer although can't so my dad's waking me up
0: at six so we need to ramp up okay (laughs) oh i mean that was all i had to say unless you wanted to go into your story but i don't think we have time since your dad's coming yeah no
1: But there are plenty of haunted places. Like, Mm -hmm. there are so many in Colorado. It's really interesting to look into. And
0: if you guys want, we can do another episode just on Colorado. Anyway, so we were thinking of making a YouTube channel.
1: So this YouTube channel would be um, for kind of like almost bonus or like bonus things. So like... Reacting to videos that you guys maybe send us, or
0: reading scary stories that are really cheesy and weird, or... We could just cross-post the episodes of the podcast on there as well as another way to access it.
1: Yeah, and playing some spooky video games, maybe. Yeah. I'm
0: a baby about that, but... I mean, I love playing horror games, but I am a little bit of a wussy. (laughs) Or maybe we could even... I mean, if if you guys are interested and we do start a YouTube channel, we can we do go to an escape room for my birthday we can probably vlog that i mean we obviously wouldn't be able to show you the like solutions but you'll see the experience yeah so i mean it's
1: one of those things where it would be really fun to do and we could also record the
0: podcast and like you could see us interact and the weird looks we give each other.
1: And, uh, uh-huh.
0: and maybe there's a chance of us investigating some of these haunted locations in Colorado. Who knows? Sorry, mm. it's <laughs> you know, um, not happy about
1: that. But anyway, it's one of those things that we really just want to do it to, like, I guess,
0: For closer fun. closer to you
1: guys. And also, it's a cool way to reach more people, I think. Yeah, it is. So... If you would like us to do that, I will post a poll on Instagram after this episode goes live and asking you guys whether you want to see that or not. Just vote yes if you do. If you
0: don't think that's a
1: good idea, just say no. no.
0: (laughs) Be honest. It's okay. It's fine. We accept honesty. We just might cry, but we accept it. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening to the first episode of 2019. Mm -hmm. This has been As As Long As 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 It's it's spooky. Spooky. I should have just let you say that one by yourself. Yeah, you should have left me hanging. We'll see you next week.